We also ask for forgiveness, Father, for anything that we're bringing here, Lord, that you have casted out of our lives times past, Lord, and struggles, doubts, anything, Lord, that is not allowing us to fulfill, Lord, our duty and our salvation, glorify you to praise you, Lord. Whatever mechanisms the devil uses to discourage us, to distract us, Father, we're asking that you, with your mighty power, rebuke it, Father. That we can be here in your presence, Lord, and just be free to receive from you, Lord, anything that you have for us, Father. Bless this church, Lord. Let us be a blessing to the community always, Father. Yes, it's all in your precious and holy name, in the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Y'all may be seated, brothers and sisters. God bless the group. God bless Sister Gabby. She uh, came back uh, inspired to learn some old songs. And all the older people say amen. <laughs> That's good. God bless her for her, her grandpa's heart. Amen. And we practiced uh, a few of them last night and couldn't give you all of them because this was like a free, this was the free part of the concert. Okay? So we'll, we'll work on. That was like general admission. I'm really excited uh, uh, tonight, brothers and sisters, because I know how powerful this message can be if we clear space for the message, uh, and it's difficult at times to clear a space for a message because we have so much uh, distractions in our lives, so much, so many things that are against us uh, and not for us, but we forget that the main thing, the main one is for us. So we take a lot of things, a lot of little things, and make them into something that's big, it's against us, but we don't realize the biggest thing is for us. You see, we're struggling with captivating our minds. I don't know how many of you all are struggling with captivating your minds. You know what captivating your mind is? It's locking it. It's focusing on what you need to focus on to do the will of God. And a lot of us struggle with this. We struggle with this. I, can, I could ask just a couple of quick questions and just see where your level of struggle is at. You're in the house of God, so don't lie to yourself. I didn't ask you to publicly say it, so don't all of a sudden lie to yourself. I can ask you a simple question. Is, who heard the message on Sunday? Like the teachers the classes that they teach on Sunday, who heard the message on Sunday? Who went back to hear the message on Sunday? Sometimes we don't. Because our priorities aren't aligned, aren't straight onto what we need, and we think it's enough. But there's warnings that are coming. There's messages that God's putting in the hearts of those bringing the message. 
to warn you of problems that are coming. And, and if we don't vigilantly, vigilantly, it's not even a word, but I just made it, focus or pursue the truth, then we are going to fail to be able to last in this race. You see, we're relying on our own strength and our own ability if we think we can do this on our own. That means I don't need the word of God. I'm I'm getting along. I'm making it. I'm progressing. I'm making it on my own. But it's the word of God that sustains us, maintains us, feeds us. Some of us, we feel just because we proclaim God and we stand up and we say things about God that that's enough. We're deceiving ourselves because the word's not in us. You see, the word being in you in those difficult times where decisions are made, we're not standing up and confused because the word's in you. And he is not a God of There's no doubt in my mind that God has purpose in our lives here, in this church. We are distracted. We're distracted for so many reasons, and we're going to talk about some tonight. But I know God has the last say in the reasons, amen? I think the youth can stay here tonight, but the kids are dismissed. God bless our kids here in the church, amen? Let's pray for the youth. Let's pray for their desire to grow. And I think God has a message for y'all tonight here. Something you can, if you're mature enough to receive his words tonight. Amen. The title of tonight's message is Distracted Faith. How do we bring into focus our faith? How do we bring into focus the will of God in our lives? How do we pull the emotion, the emotion of our life out of our faith? I love how pastor used to say that feelings are neither what? True or false. For him to say that is for him to experience things that God had to illuminate in his life that that had to be true. A lot of times we start to think things that aren't even true. We hold on to stuff that's not even true anymore. There's so many things that we're fighting about. You want to hear hear a statistic? You want to hear, this is from the science, this is from the Natural Science Health Center. You know how many thoughts go in your mind a day? What do you think? (laughs) That was a fake laugh, but it's. Million? 50,000 thoughts. They did studies on people. 
You want to hear 50,000 thoughts. I, I forget what they said if it was 35 every minute, like full thoughts. But listen to this. 80% of them are negative. <laughs> uh, you don't want to even hear what that is, do you? But listen, it's not negative like, uh, my neighbor. It's, I'm insufficient. I'm struggling. And also a little bit of your neighbor. I don't want to completely take that one out. So if 80% of your life is negative, how can you ever serve a positive God unless you know how to block it, to lock it out, how to remove, how to stop the noise? There's no doubt in my mind that we have a continuous racket going on up in our heads. Some of us, even during the message, are thinking about other things. Pastor used to always say, what am I going to eat afterwards? What am I going to do afterwards? But it's even other stuff beyond that. You're in the place where God is, is to be honored and worshiped and attention is supposed to be made. And we're over here thinking about our future, a business decision, something we've got to do, a purchase. Here in the house of God, we're thinking about something that he's in control of. And he can instantly say, you fool, tonight I come for your life. And the moment we stop and we pause this and we say, really? Here? Nah, it's you, God. Because I know you got everything outside of here in control. This is when we can praise, we can glorify, we can be free. We struggle with that freedom. We hold on to it. We're rebellious against it. Oh, I like talking to spirits at times. Because these are the struggles I had. So God started showing me, you need to get out of the way and let me take over. Let me take control. If you want to be faithful, if you want to stop the repetitiveness of the things you're struggling with, then get out of the way and just focus on me. We turn to Proverbs 4.23. Proverbs 4.23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Sobre toda cosa... Guarda, guardada, guardada, guarda tu corazón porque de él mana, mana la vida. So, your heart has always represented your mind also. And it's telling you here, above everything, keep your mind with all diligence. Control what's coming in. The nonsense that's coming in, the noise that's coming in that's believe, that you've believed already and already starting to show fruits of it. If it's doubt, if it's rebelliousness, if it's anger, if it's hate, if it's sorrow, whatever you are right now at this moment, how you're feeling at this moment has to do with 
your control of your thoughts. And the word of God says, look, this is the power right here that you completely remove from your enemy is when you with all something comes in. Mm-mm. Not happening. Some of y'all are really good with money. Pastor used to joke around and say when somebody would ask for money that they people would turn around and not show what they had in their wallet and then. But some of us that are really good with man, money are really bad with our thoughts. And it's the same principle. You're diligent. You budget right. You look at all these things. You're paying attention to the details. But we're letting things slip in that are contaminating everything. Bringing to lost everything because we're diligently not looking to hold together the framework of our mind. That's so powerful that God could use to do tremendous things. Your, your mind can just, man, it can make mountains move. That's why God needs it pure. That's why he needs all the effort of it. You see, we mind our way out of things. You know what minding your way out of things are? That you come here so tired because you, it ain't work. (laughs) Work is 20% of your mind. It's all the other noise that's going on during the work. (laughs) Some of you guys are so good at what you do, you just... You know why? There ain't no managers here, so don't worry about it. You're so good at it. But it's all the other noise that's keeping you focused in doing it. Can you imagine if you clear that, if you lock everything out and everything has to check itself in before it gets in? The power that you could do with what God's given you. Oh, man, it excites me. And we want, you know, we, we, we want to go to the word of God, right? We want to. All right, let's turn to Genesis 3.1. Genesis 3.1. It reads, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast, more crafty, sneaky, than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of the tree of the garden. Now listen to this, brothers and sisters. Your enemy is sneaky. We know that. We know all the verses that proclaim that he's out to destroy us. But you see, Hollywood will portray him in ways that will physically scare you. Sometimes they portray him in ways that will spiritually scare you, not see things. But I want to scare you in something that's even greater than any of those things, is that he can physically come up to you naturally also and confuse you and confuse God out of you. You see, if we're overthinking things and not simplifying, and we read a verse on Sunday about the simplicity of Christ. It's not complicated. Our God is not complicated. He makes it easy for us. 
doesn't matter what education level you're at. He makes it easy for you. Oh, and it's beautiful when you see somebody that, you know, is struggling to read, but when he reads it and understands it, God gives him the wisdom of the heavens, something they couldn't gain here on earth. I'm amazed. I've always been respectful of seeing brothers that I know they had desires they worked hard during those years, like my father, in the fields, providing for what God showed him, God did in his life. It's a miracle. He had to learn how to stop hearing things and just hearing one voice. You see, there's, 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 there's a beauty to this, brothers and sisters, when you stop hearing all the noise and you start hearing the voice when God starts directing you through the word there's power in this there's power that could just change your generation your family but crafty the snake the snake will make you think you're okay will twist or move a comma, or erase a word, because he's crafty, he's sneaky. You start to accept things. You start to justify things. And pretty soon, you don't even know what the truth is anymore. I forgot what I believed in. Pretty soon, you find yourself desolate, void, naked. I remember my father's house. I had these things. The prodigal son said. So God gives us the power to return. He gives our mind back to us when we start to amen the stubbornness out. When we start to amen the pride out, when we start to amen the rebelliousness out, when we start to agree that we're a mess and that we struggle with 50,000 thoughts. Give or take a few thousand. It doesn't sound good saying it that way, does it? And it's true. We will find ourselves there. And there was examples, and, and we read stuff where you're, everybody's, you know, pastor talked about it on Saturday. It's like we all, we all, like we ha- we have a, we're on a mission, right, Richard? We get to work, and we're like, man, I'm going to pop these things out. Then that phone rings. Or that email popped up. And then you're like, where am I at? <laughs> am I at work right now? Because I'm already on 50 other things trying to make my way back to the thing I was going to do. Because that's the power of your thoughts and what it can do to you and how it can distract you and remove you from God's will. So the enemy comes to Eve and he confuses her. 
You know how he confuses her. This is where we miss it because if we read there, if we're reading right there in Genesis 3.1, let's get the verse back up there if we can, brother, please. And it said, what? The Lord said that you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Is that what God told Adam? No, he didn't. You see, some of us, we miss the details because that's not what he told Adam. He said not to eat of this tree. But see, the devil wanted hit Eve to make her think, instantly question what God was commanding by saying, these trees, this, any, every tree of the garden. So let's understand our thoughts just for a second. If your thought tells you something that's not true, why respond? Hold on to that for a second. When your thoughts tell you something that's not true, why respond? You see, because the problem with Eve wasn't that the devil was in front of her. The problem with Eve is that the next verse She responds. Why have a conversation with something that's a lie? You see, because he's crafty. I always remember, you know, I would watch, I used to like to watch uh, documentaries about, you know, the prison system, the justice system, and, and and I would see the guys, right? And Brother Nando was there preaching, and they would, and pastors talked about it before too, and it was like, Hey, hey, you got a you got a piece of gum on you? You know, talking to the guard. The guard's like, yeah, here you go. Around when they're handed to him, I got him. I can get him for anything now if he's willing to interact. So that being said, our enemy's our enemy. And he's saying things to you that the word of God already proclaimed are not true. Why even give him room? He deserves that turning and walking the other way. Oh, man, this could be powerful for some people that are struggling with their thoughts. There's others that we're not proclaiming it to be because we just rather be captive to this and just struggle and be vexed and come home and just be... We come home sometimes and don't say it's not true. We come home sometimes and the people that haven't even been in, hadn't done anything in our lives, we already thought so many things of them that day that our first response to them is like, what did I do to you? Well, you know what you did. You were 30,000 of my thoughts today. (laughs) You ain't hearing me, are you? You're in your thoughts right now, aren't you? You see, but the power we have, and this is what the devil doesn't like, is that moment we want to react this way that we recognize that it's the enemy, and we react react the opposite. My wife calls me today, and she's like, why did you send me that text message? I love her, and she's the best thing in my life. 
She's like thinking right now, you must have been thinking something bad for you to do that. But I wasn't. Because I was feeling that. And we got to learn, brothers and sisters, how to push away the devil. I don't know what she was going through. Maybe she needed to hear that. to start trusting this spirit that God has given us, this guide, this Holy Spirit. It's merciful that we can see the beauty in each other and think of each other. Oh, I tell you one thing, if we can wipe the slate of what's the mess is of our minds. If we turn there to Philippians 4, 8, amen. I like this verse right here. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Oh, man. I mean, that was, that's, I mean, Shakespeare couldn't even put it together that way. How beautiful that is. But it's not beautiful to us because we struggle in this. Because I'd rather think about negativity. I'd rather think of what everything else is being said or what's the thought of the day. A convenient that one, right? The thought of the day. Sometimes we'll walk into it. The first thing we turn on is the news, which I don't know how effective that is. The first thing that we should go to is our Jesus. Say, God, help me to think everything through. To do what Paul says here. Because you're so good. You've been so good to me, Father. You've been so good to me, Father. The little things that are that I make into mountains, Jesus, were nothing before I knew you. Now I've made them into mountains. Because the noise amplifies magnifies always sneaks up on you but I'm grateful that God can erase these things can bring new things in our lives amen first Corinthians 732 but I would rep but I would have you Without carefulness, he that is unmarried cared for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. Quisiera, pues, que estuvieses sin congoja. El soltero tiene cuidado de las cosas que son del Señor, como ha de agradar al Señor. Next verse. But he that is married carried for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. See, brother. 
this, I, this isn't even the verses that I picked, but I went back because I thought this was really nice because this is something I want, I want, I want us to learn before we have to learn. You get that? Did that make sense to anyone? I want you to learn this before you have to learn this. You see, Paul right here is talking about some deep marital stuff. And I like this right here because, you know, I could get really religious and be like, well, you know, I'm God's going to be. I got to just put God the priority and just push my wife to the side. And God doesn't say that. Because Paul talks about this, you know, if you're not married, you're blessed because you can, your focus can just be this without a distraction. And I don't even say distraction in a bad way. Because you just, you're, he says when you're married, your life changed be ready for this and this is important for us men here because I like the way he says it here and let's read it again but let's get the verse back up there but he that is married cares for the things that are of the world now listen to that I mean that doesn't even sound right right I mean religious warnings pop up right there the world oh no 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 listen to what it's saying here how he may please his wife that's so important is so important. You see, it's a blessing for this. Because it's not in a sense that you forget Jesus. It's just now that you have a responsibility. You can't serve Jesus if you're not supporting what God has brought together. You see, and this is a lot of pressure on you sisters. Don't think it, you know, everybody's like, amen, but Everybody's secretly yelling amens right now, and I can't. All the sisters are, I mean. Amen, preach it. There's a lot of pr pressure on y'all because there's a lot to be said on the support. And what God asks of you in this. This, again, like I said, I, this isn't the, the next. Let's read the next verse, brother. There is a difference also between a and a virgin. An unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But, he, but she that is married careth for the things of the world. See, now it flipped on how she may please her husband. So, it gives a sense of a virgin here where her mind is on God. But now somebody married here, their mind is on their spouse. But it's still not the verse. We're going to keep on reading. And this I speak for you. Oh, this, and this I speak for your own profit. Listen to this. Not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely, and that ye may attend upon the Lord without what? 
Oh, listen to this, brothers and sisters, because we, we, we're trying to get to the root of what distracts us, and some of us aren't completing what God asked us for in our relationships. We've stepped all over those that we are married to, and we thought it was the will of God. Word of God compares it to a flower, to delicate, something fragile, and we expect to. My wife didn't see that. I like the way Paul says it right here. It's beautiful. I'm not telling you this so you can feel like you're trapped. Look at the way he says that. Let's get that verse back up there, bro. I read this, and I was like, man, I got to read more what was going on before here. And it says, and I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely, and that ye may attend upon the Lord without distractions. Now listen to this. You're going to be distracted if you're not doing this. Oh, you don't even want to hear why you'd be distracted without doing this, right? But I'm going to tell you anyways. Because if you're not doing the will of God in this, here's where your thoughts take you. Oh, gee. Oh, he. Oh, ooh. You push that to the side once you're doing God's will. Oh, but you got trust issues? You got issues doing the will of God then. Come on. This is how quiet it's going to be? All right. I know you're in deep. But the word of God is clear here. This is how you eliminate it. Start to build what God is telling you here. And it's beautiful when you see this dynamic that God created from the beginning. And I mentioned things before, and there's spaces in relationships right now. Well, I don't know what's going on. We just separated. Oh, come on. He knew when it was going on. The thing is, is that the word of God didn't make it to the place that could make that made the change. And it's here. And I'm grateful for it in my life. I'm grateful for it in my wife's life. That we've decided not to hold on to things that could hurt us. But we decided rather to allow God to show us that we needed him even more in our lives. How many of us need more of God in our lives? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If we turn to 1 Corinthians 10, 13. This is sound. This is sound. There hath no temptation taken you but such as common to man. So right here, it's telling you 
to any kind of temptation that could come to you. It's not going to be an alien. And you would be like, what in the world is this? I have no idea. We must do research on this thing. I think that's pretty powerful. What happened, brother? What happened, sister? I don't know. I think it came from space. Nah. Because the word of God says right here, there's no temptation that you're not going to be able to identify when it's coming at you. And the devil. Keep on reading here. Taking you but such as common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. Listen to this, brothers and sisters. Because everyone here, I don't care what level you're putting someone else in. You struggle in this too. Will not allow you to be tempted above what you're able but with the temptation, also make a way to what? That ye may be able to bear it. Now listen to this, brothers and sisters, because here's the distraction in your life. Here's the distraction in your life. When there's, a, when there's smoke in the room, you can't see. When there's, you can't see. Exit. And you see, God has an escape for us. Sometimes it's like Joseph and running. Other times it's as clear as what he's prepared you for. If there's a lot of noise and distraction, you'll never see the exit. Or Oh, he says it, he escaped. So what are you going through right now that you can't see your escape? You're going through something that's holding you back. I think there's people here that are struggling with forgiveness. I think there's people here struggling with trust. Oh, my trust is in your mind. Forgiveness is in your mind. What, what, That was just my frustrated, sorry. You know why I'm so frustrated with that? Trust, Jesus. Forgiveness, Jesus. I get so frustrated because the one we came to that we trusted, that we received his forgiveness, we are having a hard time with this. Devil, get out of us. How in the world are we struggling with God attributes? How are we struggling with what we, re- what we receive from God all the time? How are we struggling with these things? That's how. Because I don't hear so clearly because my mind isn't grabbing it and holding it. And you see what happens when we stop hearing the word of God, everything. Going through, like when the lights go out in town, 
traffic just keeps on going, right? Until somebody goes up there and says, oh, you come. That's what our word has, the word of God has to be in our lives, brothers, sisters. But we are not seeing the escape and we're falling into these temptations. Oh, and everybody wants to put all different levels to temptation. That's the simplicity of not even showing joy right now here in the house of God or accepting his word because of the temptation that you went through today of doubting, of not trusting or forgiving, hurt. Oh, I don't know who this is. But I know it was for me when God started speaking to me through about this. Experiences that I had, the lack of trust that I had, until God healed me in a way that only He could do it. It's awesome. It's awesome. Oh man, I tell you one thing: only He can do it, because He does it right. If we turn to Luke ten thirty-eight, Amen. Luke ten thirty-eight forty-two. Now it came to pass, I'm sorry, 38, 242, yeah. And now it came to pass as they went and he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house, 39. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Now see, the word of God is so perfect. Go back a verse. Your posture will identify where you're at spiritually. It identifies Martha. We'll go back to the very first verse, brother. I'm sorry, 38. Now, it came to pass as we went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. But Martha says, come into my house, opens the door. Perfect posture. Come in, Jesus. But it's not enough just to tell him to come in. She had to do it because it was her house. Now we go to the next verse and we are introduced to Mary and her posture is different. Now that he's in, she's attentive to his word. And look at how it defines it here. And she said, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But look, listen here. Next verse. But Martha was cumbered about much serving. It's her house. Customary, right? Visitor. It wasn't even about all the noise that Jesus was talking about, I guess. That Mary was. He was just thinking, oh, that Mary never does anything. <sighs> She's my sister. And I know my mother wouldn't approve if I kicked her out. And it says here, she was, she was thinking about or stressing about a lot of things. And came to him and said, Lord, 
this is, this, I mean, it's kind of, we know this story right there. It's kind of ridiculous, right? Because, I mean, there's Mary hearing God who came into their house. Can you imagine that opportunity? It really shows you one thing, that the person that was letting him in didn't know who he was. Because if she knew who he was, she would have known all, brothers and sisters, Jesus. Things are getting cooked in the kitchen without anybody being in the kitchen. He's feeding the multitude. You think he's worried about a piece of bread when he's there and entered into this house? And I love this. I love this. And she goes to him because, like, we go to him. And, and if we could just play back our prayers, don't you just wish, like, you're, you know, sometimes you look at old videos and you're going through it and you watch it. And you're like, oh, man, I was, I had a squeaky voice back then. Right? A lot of hair back then. That's just the video side of it. I was talking about the audio. And some of our prayers are prayers like this because of our, right? Our thoughts. But he goes, Lord, dost thou not care? <laughs> I mean, could you ever imagine telling Jesus that? Don't even go move on. Just does that not? That's like even not. A, that should not even be a vocabulary word that go a sentence that goes with Jesus, right or Lord. He'd be looking like throne of glory. <laughs> I left here. I'm here, Martha. But she asked this. Does that not care? That my sister have left me to serve alone? It's a legitimate question, right? Everybody's like, you know, hoping that Jesus answers the way we would want him to answer. You're right, Martha. Sit down. Mary, why don't you get up? And now you do the second half of this service. Thank you, Jesus. My Jesus. But he just, man, Jesus is just crazy. Jesus, he just knows how to, mm, he knows how to turn it around and just, it's awesome. And he goes, bid her, therefore, that she help me. She's a grown woman. This isn't little Martha. This is, a, this is her house. She could have went over there and just tapped Mary and said, Mary, get up. But this shows her level of distraction. She couldn't, I mean, it, it's the perfect word of God, right? Because she can go, hey. Mary, can I touch you in the kitchen real quick? You know, what are you doing? Hey, you know, sis, I get it. Give me a chance with the king. Right? But nah, 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 nah. She's so lost that she proposes this question to Jesus. And we know the answer, right? Verse 41. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, the famous words, right? Thou art careful and troubled about many things. Now, how many of us right now, Jesus is telling that to you? Because you have created so many obstacles for something to happen in your life that he's referring to you, Gabriel, Gabriel. 
You are troubled about so many things. But what you're troubled about, this person, we're going to read here, 42. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Now listen to this, brothers and sisters. The distraction was causing Martha to not experience what was in her house. Mary was experiencing something that was not going to be taken from her. How many of you started out like Mary and then turned into Martha and have lost things, lost your way? You see, it gets quiet, it gets sad, it's agreeable. It doesn't have to be like that. This isn't the devil talking to you like it's done, like you're lost. This is where mercy comes in. This is where God's grace comes in. This is where his forgiveness is like unexplainable. Oh, man, our God is awesome. So neat. We know this story, but the distractions of Martha. Oh, and that was powerful words for her. It, it did something to her. It transformed her. It started doing things. Started. She didn't understand what she was carrying. This bitterness, this hurt, resentfulness. It wasn't allowing her experience the king how many of us have some history there you see Jesus didn't go full depth on her and say it's because of these things that you're doing this because you've been envious because you've been these things he made it simple so what Mary has chosen cannot be taken away from her it's the best. It's the best that I have to offer you here in your house. Psalms nineteen fourteen, Amen. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. You see, I believe one thing and God help me because this is just my interpretation of the scriptures. But I believe David struggled with depression. Why do you say that, Brother Gabriel? Nobody panic. A little. For my daughter, she's going to panic now. A little crooked. I believe David... Struggle with depression. You know why I believe David struggled with depression, Margie? If you read his verses, he would talk about stuff, and then at the very end, glorify God. Because he knew that's where his strength was. I mean, you're talking about somebody that was rejected by his father? Had some parental issues going on there. Split family, whatever it was. Brothers really were like, 
sought after from Saul. Went from marry my daughter to throwing a staff at him. But I see power in this verse from David, Chris. Because let's read that one more time. It says, let the words of my mouth, because what's coming out of your mouth is what's coming here. You see, David identified, if I let things in that I was unloved, that my family didn't even care for me, that, that, that the day that, that Samuel came, they didn't even call me in. They didn't even call me in as a family member. I wasn't even called in as a family member. I mean, some of y'all have been left at the store when you were little kids accidentally. As Andrea looks at Brother Richard. But there's David saying, this is pretty important that a prophet was in our home. My father didn't even think it just to call me. What a burden. He says here, let the words of my mouth not be that pain in my childhood. In the meditation in my heart. My mouth and my heart, let it not be something that I've held on to. Be acceptable in thy sight, Lord. Let me see the goodness of things. Speak the goodness of things because you've been so good to me, Father. We don't connect the words of our mouth with the meditation of our heart. And so things are lingering in our mind. And we start to speak out and we start to say, uh-oh, where did that come from? That wasn't normal. How did that come out? Where did that come from? That bitterness come from? That stubbornness come from? Rebelliousness come from? Doubt come from? Because we weren't keeping what was in our heart. In our mind control. So right now, just as a common practice, whatever you're going through right now that's your top top in your list, whatever it may be, it could be a struggle in a marriage, it could be a struggle at work, it could be struggle um, spiritually, that's a massive one. It could be I'm glad he had it on there so nobody saw it. Because then we'd have all these cricket lovers commenting in our YouTube. Whatever your struggle is, your top one, can everybody just hone in what your top struggle is? Huh? I'm, I'm looking at someone, you guys only want to make eye contact with me. <laughs> you like, look down. Because Mike Boy's not in here, so don't worry about it. Can you all identify what your number one struggle is right now? Huh? And if you can't identify what your number one struggle is right now, this is how unfocused you are on what's in your heart. 
it could be a lot of different things. It doesn't have to be a spiritual thing. It could be actually be, you know, something as far as like the, the busyness of the world, priorities. You see, this is what we, what we practice because whatever it is, if you're not bringing it to God, and bringing it to God is not asking God to help you figure it out. It's saying, God, do it need to be removed? You see, it's funny how we ask God to fix something that he doesn't even want us to have. You see, this is where the word of God becomes clear because if it's a marriage, then he wants you to have that. He ordained that. He blessed that. But if it's distracting, he might be showing you not to have it. It's where that tough decision is made. Am I doing God's will? Or do I need to take a leap of faith and remove it? I'm not serving God to my capacity or my ability because of everything. That's why I need to take a leap of faith. I believe that God is going to support me in these things because my spirit is met. And I'm allowing anything in because there's nobody at the door. So whatever that is, if you bring it to God and you tell God, God, you know what's best for me. Is it your will, Father? Take this cup away from me. But if it's your will for me to go through it, give me the strength. Give me the ability. Give me the wisdom. We turn to Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. So that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Again, brothers and sisters, it's the simplicity of Christ. It's not complicated. Let's put it in a great order right here. We receive this word from God that's so precious, and sometimes we don't value it that way and want to meditate on it, take it, and say, you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm just going gonna, gonna to take this in again. I'm going to take it in again. I'm going to take it in again until I can repeat it. I'm going to take it in again until I can repeat it, until it's in me. And right here, it's defining success with meditation in God's word. That, to me, is powerful. Because a lot of us, we want the success, and we force it. Oh, we force success, don't we? Oh, I got a plan already. I got a plan. You want to hear my plan? I'm going to be a sports agent. Yeah, because I make make money. I'm going to go to law school. Uh, 
one from the Dallas Cowboys. That was a 16-year-old's thoughts on life. And God said, no. You're going to struggle because you proclaim something with your mouth without it being my will. And so you're going to take a Jacob path. Jacob path, God. Who is this guy? I don't even know the Bible. Because you'll know who Jacob is. At the end of everything, I'm going to change your name. And I'm going to establish my kingdom and how you can progress it and progress it. No idea. No idea. Dad was a pastor my own way. God remembered things before life distracted me and remembered how passionate I was. Now I wanted to pray for people, rebuke people too. Sixteen-year-old's not remembering any of that. He's remembering his desires, his distractions. we find ourselves here and some of us we're at that teeter-totter place where we're still trying to force our will on our lives when it's not God's will so the distractions come try it this way do it this way do this do that and God's like just let go you're going to see that I'm going to take you places. Who owns everything here on the earth? Who's mighty God? Who opens and who closes here? Oh, powerful God. Amazed by you. Effortless. Effortless. No stress required. Jesus, help me, Lord, to have good success. Romans 8, 5, amen? For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Verse 6, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, I like this because... You know, it, it, it's not like it said death and destruction. It just said flat out death, right? But to be spiritually minded is what? Because you could have life, but you might not have peace. But when we start to put our eyes to God into things and saying, all right, God, I know this, I know that, bills, all these different things, they, they're just natural, God. Help me to subject myself to control things so I can focus more on you. 
and we got to pass this on to our kids. Kids with Amazon Prime. searching for that and all the distractions that happen right want to have success spiritually I hear my daughter talking to me about pleasing God I heard this encouragement oh personal she has no idea what these I don't need to well come into that time can we talk are you gonna go to school are you gonna go to school what are you gonna Search him with all your heart. He will bless you in ways you can't even imagine. Only I would have invested in Apple. Worship man, the creator. I just, it's this control that we must have of our lives and give it to God the glory. Five things, okay? I'm not sure how your day begins. Mine begins with Velma saying, good morning, Gabe, every single day. There's something weird if it doesn't happen. Sometimes it's a little lower, and I know it could be the bones are hurting a little bit, weather bone, whatever it is. I almost think it's like in a prison when they're warning you that the warden's there and all the other... Like, oh, thank you, Velma. Thank you. Karen's laughing like it's true. She's like, I got you guys' back. Five things. Not sure, like I said, how your day starts. If you have to have that, you know, cappuccino, that coffee, whatever it is, but five things. Begin your day. Your meditation, your communication with God. If it's prayer, I don't want you to close your eyes while you're driving to Austin. So it's more than that. It's locking in. You're getting ready, God. You're good. And I remember these things, God, and you're just powerful. The positiveness of this communication halts anything from directing your day. Oh, it's going to be like this.
this again. Oh, I know so-and-so is going to be. Oh, I forgot I needed to do that. mountains talk to him second thing is stay in that hey how you doing Gabe good morning Gabe hey Velma I walk into my office God bless her bless her and Manuel you see I can't be triggered to move out of what God has created me to be. So stay in it. See how long you can last. Some of you might not even when you touch the floor, right? It's cold. Who left this stuff around the Lego? Right? I can't find this in there. Who? I didn't make it too far. See how far you can go. Staying in this meditation. Three. Three. Limit your distraction. We have smart people here. They know. You know. And you try to eliminate stuff. Something happens and you know that it's trying to take you away from something God put in your heart. Limit it. God has given you a spirit of discernment. Say, hey, not right now. I'm on a mission. Being a servant of God. There's a difference between working and serving. Somebody that works has expectation. You're going to pay me. You're going to pay me. You said, if I did this, you pay me. Somebody that serves. My wife was laughing. Now I don't know why. That's our little one, Tristan, at the time. Serving doesn't look for a payment. Serve God. We all need help in that. We need to put it to practice. And the last one, and this is in priority orders, but sin wants to destroy the top four. So you just be guarded in this and make sure I don't tell a little white lie. Uh-oh, little white lies. Fibbity-fib-fib-fib. Anything else that we just brush off. Because your four will start to lose its value. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I did that, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sent that email. Ah, we're back at our office. Sending that email. Ah, oh, you know what? I did.
didn't do that. I'm sorry. I'm going to go do it. I apologize for that. I remember when God started speaking into my life. And things that were just like, yeah, yeah, I sent that email. Yeah, look at my eyes. I'm looking at you. I had a poker face. And when God amplified my conscience, I started thinking about my kids, my wife. Things weren't agreeing with her. Struggle. And you know what? I didn't send it. I don't know why I told you. I'm sorry. The conviction. Remember those years. I remember those years in my life. Push away the sin, the more God comes into our life. If we turn to Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12, amen? For the word of God is quick and powerful. How many can say amen to that? And sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints of the marrow and the discerner of the thoughts and there's a difference between thoughts and intents of the heart. One thing to think about it, it's another thing to do it. I intentionally did that. I thought about doing that. Word of God is powerful. It defines it. It describes it. It tells you, man, don't even mess with it. You look at it, you bleed. That's sharp. Penetrating to the depths. But it can discern your thoughts and intentions. It's the Word of God that does it. How in the world do we not want that as a weapon? I, I still remember. I don't, I don't know if Karen and Velma ever told them this story, but when they first started at Stealth, or before that, I had a person, and, and God was, you know, this is early, you know. I'm still, I'm, I'm still finding Jesus. But I remember I started getting so excited about, you know, and I had this employee, and this employee lied to me. He was like, hey, uh, uh, you know, I'm not feeling so good. You know, uh, I'm going to stay home. I'm feeling so good. I was like, oh, okay. And then I get a call, right, and they're delivering furniture at his house. They call me. No, they call him, but they pass it to me. Like, hello. He's like, hey, so-so. Hey, we're almost there at your house. Right? And... And, you know, I, I laughed at it. You know, it was, to me, it was because the word of God is everything comes in light, right? It manifests itself. So I, the next day, because, you know, you have to have life lessons, right? The next day I call him into my office and I'm like, hey, you feeling better? <laughs> He's like, hey, I got a message for you. And I showed him the message. Apparently your furniture was delivered, but I'm sure you knew that since you were home. 
And just like that, right? Just those mic drop moments about you. And then I told him, I said, hey, there's some advice for you. Don't ever mistaken mercy for weakness. Because I got a God that's on my side. You can go now. God gave me those words because sometimes we don't feel sufficient with our strength, but with him, watch out. Watch out whoever comes against the children of God. This is the power we have to control our minds from all the chaos. I'm going to ask the group to pass on up after this. 2 Corinthians 10, 5, amen? Casting down, man, powerful, 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 right? Imaginations. I mean, who in the world thought that David had Disneyland back then? Imaginations. I mean, if we, we hear that term and it's like normal to us, but back then, casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. God's your redeemer. God loves you so much, he forgave you. All these things that get in its way, casting them down. Any kind of falseness. And bringing... <laughs> into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Listen to this, brothers and sisters. This is powerful. Destruyendo consejos y toda altura que se levanta contra la esencia de Dios y cautivando todo intento a la obediencia de Cristo. Now listen to this, brothers and sisters. Look what it says here. And bringing into captivity. I'm going to ask all the older people to remember when you were little kids and you played bank, cops, and robbers. Everybody played it, right, Brother Nando? You guys played it, right? The, the sheriff, the cowboy, Indians, whatever you want to call it. Cops and robbers, right? You always had the person that wanted to be the good, good guy, right? Every single day, I'm the police. Come on, bro. It's because I'm Mexican. Utah, Mom? But I always... Took my posture, right? Hands <laughs> behind your back. No control. Because I was captive. Right, and we always did sneaky things, right? We'd be like, ah, I'm loose, I'm loose. How'd you get loose? I had a double knot. Blah, blah. Oh, I was invisible and I did this, right? Or walking with one leg. I cut my leg off and I took off the rope. All acting like different things, right? But it says here, it captivated 
your God. Seal it. I promise you one thing, when you seal it, devils die when you don't eat them. Some of us need to clear the space by coming up here and praying and subjecting ourselves to God. Our mighty Savior. Some of us, our thoughts have got us in trouble. And not even talking about evil kind of thoughts. I'm talking about the ones that just distracted with so much noise. You see, there's a difference between people that live in this world that never benefit anything and still sit here and people that do the deep evil ones and eventually won't be here. What's the balance there? They're still both. They still both lead to death. They captivate our thoughts as we come up here and pray. Amen. Why don't we all pass up here, brothers and sisters? I'm going to ask the group to uh, sing a song that God's put in your heart as we pray to our Savior. Amen. Our merciful God. Oh, man, what a merciful God. What a beautiful, merciful God. Make our way up here, brothers and sisters, and our mighty God. Our Jesus that loved us so much that saw beyond the chaos of our minds and the state that we would be in at times. And saw his love that could power through chaos through the noise and reach and penetrate our minds and that we could hear and say God I finally understand after all these years Lord of just being free and not locking down my mind Jesus I finally understand Father what it is to have a distracted faith Jesus give me a focused faith on you Father by removing the distractions Jesus The only way I can remove the distractions, Lord, is by muting them until they remove themselves from me, Jesus. Help me not to overexamine things, Father, but to trust in you, Lord, by leaving them to the side. We see the young man that came to you, Jesus. This religious young man that said, I do all these things. All these things that you're asking me, I do them. But you knew more, Father. You knew what was deep. You knew that it wasn't enough, Jesus, just to do things. It had to be in you. And so when you called him out, Jesus, and you sell all of your possessions and come and follow me. Not that we're judging this young man because some of us have failed in even less of things than that. But we're asking you, Jesus, right now to illuminate yourself in us. To recognize what those things are that are distracting us from you, Jesus. Almighty Savior, mighty King, mighty God, powerful one.
We love you, Jesus, for your goodness. Your mercy is new every single day, Father. The devil cannot take that away from us, Lord. As we want to build on you, on this rock, Father, that's you. We're grateful for you, Jesus. We're grateful for your love, Father. My brothers and sisters that are here, Jesus. They've sacrificed things, Lord, but none, none of us, Father, have sacrificed as much as you have. I'm asking you, Lord, to instill this fire in their hearts, Lord, to renew love. If it's love and marriage, Lord, to renew it, Jesus. It's you, Father, that taught me how to restore, how to rebuild, Father. You taught my wife these things, Jesus. This work in progress, that's a relationship, that's marriage. I'm asking you, Father, right now to speak, Lord. Let your word penetrate, Father. Bring wisdom to marriages that are here. To trust in you, Lord. Not to lose this love, Lord, because of pride or rebelliousness, Jesus. Or thoughts that are coming in our minds of not trusting. Are you doing this? Is this happening? We rebuke those thoughts, Father. We also rebuke thoughts, Father. Doubt in you, Jesus. We have doubt in you, Father. We don't, verbal, we don't verbalize it, Lord, but our actions show it, Jesus. Our actions show it by not praising you, glorifying you, lifting up your name, Lord, being free, because your word says if we are free, we are free indeed. Help us, Lord, to live this, Jesus. Almighty God, speak to us, Lord. Hear our cries, Lord. Hear our thoughts right now, the things that we want removed, Father. If it's our heart trying to convince us, Lord, that we need to put more into something, Jesus. Our heart could be deceiving us, Father. We want to trust in you and you alone, Jesus. Nothing can move us. Waves can't move us. Storms can't move us. Winds can't move us, Jesus. We're unmovable in you, Jesus. Help us to control our thoughts, to be anchored on you, Father. Almighty God, mighty Savior, merciful love that found us. You found us, Jesus. You found us so lost, Lord. But some of us are headed that way, Lord, with our rebelliousness, Lord, our doubts, Father. Some of us are headed back to that path, going back to where you found us, Jesus. Instead of moving on, Jesus, to the plan you have for our lives, Father. We ask, Jesus, that right now, Father, right now, that you just pour your Holy Spirit on us, Jesus. Those healing, the healing power of your Spirit, Lord. The wisdom that it brings into our lives, Lord, to amplify our lives, Lord, for you, Jesus. To shine more, Jesus, to desire you more, Father. That we stop listening to the noise, Jesus, and start listening to your words of life and the abundance that they bring to us, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Mighty God.